Thanks for joining us for today's edition of Lessons for Living. His word so fresh in our hearts abound. His word made flesh in the here and now. A new life is beginning. Lord, let us hear your lessons for living. Lord, let us hear your lessons for living. What was she warned not to do? Don't look back. She looked back instantly, a pillar of salt dead on the spot. Well, what kind of a God is that? A God that gives a warning and says, this is for real. It's the same warning I'm giving you. You will die and you'll be in one of two places. So she didn't listen to the warning. Just like the people at the flood didn't listen. Just like the city isn't listening at all. Where's those angels? Hey, come on guys. They didn't listen at all. She was physically, as I said, out of sight, but her heart was there. She was attached to the things of the world. The Bible warns us not to value the things of this earth more than we do God. We're told that we have to choose either God or money. We can't serve both. Pastor Mark will be teaching about Jesus citing the examples of Lot's wife, as well as the people who lived around Noah as how not to live our lives. We will hear about the importance of clearly choosing to serve God rather than ourselves. We will learn more about the signs of the last days before Jesus returns to set up his kingdom on the earth. We'll also learn more about what happens to the righteous during this time. Remember, there's quite a few ways to receive a copy of Pastor Mark's teaching. We'll be sharing all that information with you at the close of today's broadcast. Now, here's Pastor Mark with part three of his message, The King and the Kingdom of God, in Luke 17. When the flood came, God's judgment was unexpected. They were unprepared. They ran to the ark. Please, open the door. Open the door. The door was shut. It was too late. You see, there's a timing that you have to match. And that timing was over. It was the end. Now, look at verse 28. All those people died because they didn't listen to the truth and accept God's grace. Look at verse 28. Read this first sentence with me. All out loud at the campuses, here we go. And the world will be as it was, come on, you're reading, in the days of who? Lot. Lot. Notice what it says. People went about their daily business, eating, drinking, buying, selling, farming, and building. Verse 29. Until the morning Lot left Sodom, Then fire and burning sulfur rained down from heaven and destroyed the whole city of Sodom and Gomorrah. You see, life was normal for them as well. But the whole city of Sodom and Gomorrah was very evil. God sent two angels, came to Abraham, and Abraham's nephew was Lot, and he knew what was happening in over there. And so Abraham said to God, please, if I can find X number of righteous people over there, please. And God said, I won't destroy it. Well, they couldn't find anybody. And so God is going to destroy it. And these two angels go to Sodom and Gomorrah, and they appear as men. Because they're angels, they can appear anything they want. 
And they go to visit Lot. And on the door, Lot's door, are the men of the city. They've come out. They want to have homosexual relationships with the two angels. Hey, there's new, two new guys. And eventually, the whole story ends up with this. In the morning, they, they didn't have that sex. In the morning, the angels said to Lot and his wife and his daughters, get out of Dodge because God's going to destroy. Now, why would he destroy the city? Well, because the people were, had no relationship with God at all. They weren't interested in God at all. They were prideful. They didn't take care of the poor. And because that city was filled, why do you think it's called, where does Sodom come from? It's men in homosexuality. Sodomites. And it was absolutely sexually immoral and violence went everywhere. So when judgment came, this whole city, except for Lot and his family, were unprepared. And when God's judgment came, the destruction was totally. When they got up that morning, how many remember 9-11? How many remember 9-11? When you get up that morning, you say, well, I guess it's going to have some big deal here in New York. We better watch the news. No, we, we were just talking. It's another normal day. It's like every other day. All of a sudden, it changed. Unexpected. Well, that's why God had come with Noah and Lot and to tell people, get ready. Don't miss it. That's why I'm saying to you today, your death is coming or the rapture is coming or the second's coming. You, second coming of Jesus, you need to be ready. Don't, don't play with it. Get ready because it's going to happen. It's your choice. Now, notice what happens when the city goes. You say, well, why did God use, why did Jesus use these stories? Because it was a picture of future judgment. God always judges sin. And if you're not a Christian, then you'll be judged for your sin. Notice also, it's a picture of God's grace. He gave warnings. He gave time. Now, understand this. When a lot of people... If you're an unbeliever here, I'm glad you're here, but you might be like lots of unbelievers. When you mention the flood, what do unbelievers in the world think about the flood? Yeah, sure. There's a little puddle over here, and yeah, the flood is a nice story. Like Jonah and the whale. Oh, another one of those again. How about Lot and Sodom? Sodom and Gomorrah was destroyed by fire in an instant over there. Yeah, sure. Nice fable, Pastor Mark. Well, who's teaching this Bible study? Hello? Who? Did he think it was a fable? No, he preached it as what? 100% true. That's why we believe every word of God is 100% true. This is how we live. So he's teaching his disciples, listen up. This happened. It's going to happen again on a larger scale. When we get to the second coming and the people were divided into believers and unbelievers, all unbelievers separated from God forever in hell, all believers separated to God in heaven forever. Listen up, be careful. Now, Paul says in second Timothy three, just write it down. You can look it up later. Notice, and I'll just read a line or two. Paul says to Timothy about 2000 years ago, Timothy, then in the last days, it'd be very difficult times. Well, people will be lovers only of themselves and their money. They'll be boastful, proud, scoffing at God, disobedient to parents, ungrateful. They will consider nothing sacred. That's all I'm going to read. By the way, would you, as you heard that, could we be in that time? 
We already are. Why are we having the sheriff here on Wednesday night? Because sexuality, pornography is rampant in our world, starting with five-year-olds. Pastor Mark, you're crazy. No, I'm not crazy. Well, how does that happen? A cell phone, a friend, and you're not, parents are clueless. And it starts, well, we watch our son, our daughter perfectly. They'll never be exposed to that. The minute they step out of the house, they're exposed to it. So you need to be here, parent. See, that's the times we're in. Exactly. Don't be naive. Find out how you can do it. And but remember the old days with the sexual sin? Who was it involved? It was about men. Now the women are just as involved. Why? Because Satan's at war with Christianity and morality and marriage. Now, what is Paul saying? He's warning us. He loves us. Be careful. I want to save you. Be careful. Notice what's happening. Now, the whole Bible is about two things. Judgment of sinners because of sin, but the mercy of God. Now, when we hit verse 30 through 36, he's going to talk about judgment and the establishment of the second kingdom. Here we go. Yes, it will be business as usual, verse 30, right up to the day when the Son of Man is revealed. When Jesus comes back in the second coming of Jesus, and he will fight the Antichrist and all the wars and the Armageddon and establish his kingdom. He'll win that fight. On that day, a person out on the deck of a roof must not go down into the house to pack, or a person out in the field must not return home. Jesus says, when he comes in the second coming, no one will suspect it at all until it's too late. And you shouldn't worry about your possessions or what you're doing. You should worry about your spiritual life. When you see that happening, forget the stuff in the house, forget everything else. Remember, your spiritual life is all that matters. The rest of the stuff is going away. And then he gives us a perfect example. Look at verse 32. Remember what happened to Lot's wife. Now, many of you, because you're, uh, you don't go to church, and that's understandable. Let me explain what happened to Lot's wife. Lot's wife, when she left, she heard clearly what they were doing. Remember, the two angels said, get out of here. Let me show you how specific that was from the angels to Lot, his wife, and his daughters. Here it is. Genesis 19.70. As soon as they had brought them out, the angels brought them out of the city One of them said to Lot, his wife, the daughters, flee for your lives. Don't look back. Don't stop anywhere in the plain. Just keep going. Flee to the mountains or you'll be swept away. Now, would you call that fairly clear? Uh, What do you mean by flee, Pastor Mark? Uh, It's very clear. Don't look back. Don't stop. Just keep going. Get as far as you can from it because it's going to be destroyed. Well, what did Lot's wife do? Let me show you. They were on the way out of the city. And all of a sudden, she stopped and she looked back. See, physically, she was outside the city. But her heart 
was where? Back in the city. Her stuff, the lifestyle, all the rest. What was she warned not to do? Don't look back. She looked back instantly. A pillar of salt, dead on the spot. Well, what kind of a God is that? A God that gives a warning and says, this is for real. It's the same warning I'm giving you. You will die and you'll be in one of two places. So she didn't listen to the warning. Just like the people at the flood didn't listen. Just like the city isn't listening at all. Where's those angels? Hey, come on, guys. They didn't listen at all. She was physically, as I said, out of sight, but her heart was there. She was attached to the things of the world. One day, Jesus says this to you and I as Christians. I have given them your word, talking to the disciples, and the world has hated them. Uh, They're not of the world any more than I'm of the world. My prayer is not that you take them out of the world, but that you protect them from evil one. Sometimes Christians think this. Well, if I'm going to get away from the world... I'm going to go to a monastery, and we're going to sit in the monastery, and we're going to hum for Jesus, because I don't want to be around them sinners. You know what I mean? No, he says, you have to be in the world. Why? Because we're the only salt and light there is. We're the only one that has a message of hope for the world. But he says, you can't be of it. Look at this. Write this down. This is so clear. Christ followers are in the world physically. We're right here. We're right in the middle of everything. But spiritually, we cannot live by the world's values. But Satan is always trying to get us to do that. Look at what Paul writes. Don't copy the behavior and customs of this world. Don't let, uh, but let God transform you in a new person by changing the way you think. That's why we read the Bible. It changes the way we think. Then you will learn to know God's will for you, which is good and pleasing and perfect. So in other words, as you see that, it, it just gives us a clear picture. Through advertising, TV, radio, internet, everything, Satan loves to what? Squeeze us into thinking just like the world. Possessions are important. Please yourself. Have any sex and stuff you like. Do all kind of lifestyles. Doesn't matter. God's a forgiving God. I just put yourself first. You know, if you don't watch out for yourself, nobody else is going to watch you. You just put yourself first. Well, that's not God. Now look at the next verse in your Bible. We've heard this verse many times. Jesus says this to his disciples. Look at it. If you cling to your life, if you try to hold on to your life, you'll lose it. And if you let your life go, you will save it. Watch Lot's wife. If you cling to it, you're going to what? But if you keep going and you lose it, I'm leaving that lifestyle behind. I saved it. Do you get it? Now, when Jesus came, he didn't say become a Christian. He said, follow me. And to follow me, you're going to have to lose your life. Now, literally, that was true. Still true today all over the world, physically. But what did he really mean? If you're going to follow me, you have to follow me. To follow God, I have to unfollow me. The number one God in your life and my life is me. You become a God. I'm going to please myself. That's what Adam and Eve did. And it cost them to lose out with God. So if you're going to be a Christian, a Christ follower, you have to follow him. And to do that, Pretty much every day, I just have to say to God, look, I'm not trying to cling to my life. Uh, Think how long you're here. 
Watch this period right here. This is how long you're here on earth. Take a close picture of that baby right there. That's 150 years. Anybody want to live to be 150? Not me. Look, at 70. Sometimes I don't want to get out of bed in the morning. What about you? You young people quit laughing. You'll get there. 150? <laughs> yeah, praise God. What are you praying at 150? Take me right now. Take me right now. This is how long? Right here. And this is what we focus on. Right here. But when I go to heaven, it's infinity. It's forever. And yet we're stupid enough to think this is our home. My friends, we're citizens of heaven. But we try to save our life here. It's so important. Not really. Not at all. And if you save it, you'll lose it. Just give it up to God. Follow him by unfollowing you. Now, the next two verses are controversial. I'm not going into a length on that at all. It could be talking about the rapture or could you be talking about the second coming? But it's the same. Here's what happens at the rapture. When Jesus comes, he comes in the air. He doesn't come to the ground. And all believers at that moment of the rapture are taken away to heaven. And the unbelievers are left here. And they will then go into the tribulation. So the believers are taken. The unbelievers are left. Now, in the second coming, here's basically what happens. When the second coming comes, you'll see this. There's a separation. Same thing. You're separating believers from believers. But it's all the same. Be ready for your death. Be ready for your rapture. Be ready for the second coming. And I'll explain it. Look at verse 34. That night, this could be the rapture, the second coming. Maybe more like whatever. And I'll explain them both to you. That night, two people will be asleep in one bed. One will be taken. The other left. Two women will be grinding flour together at the meal, at the mill. One will be taken the other left. Let's say that's the rapture. That's a time of separation. The believers will be taken. One of those people, notice what it says there. One will be taken, the other left. So in the rapture, the one taken is the believer. They go to heaven with God. The person that's left is going to face the tribulation and judgment. Now at the second coming, there's also a time of separation. Unbelievers will be taken away to judgment. When Jesus comes back at the second coming, uh, we're coming back to heaven with him. Now, there'll be a few believers there, and that will go into the millennium. But basically, the unbelievers are coming with God to heaven. They'll be left here on the earth, those people that are Christians, to go into the millennium. And the people that are going to be taken then are taken to hell. So see, it doesn't matter whether it's the rapture, the second coming. There's always going to be, watch me, a separation at the end of time between believers and unbelievers. The destination is the same. Believers with God in heaven. Unbelievers with Satan in hell. No alternatives. We told you before. It's fixed. Nothing can change it at your death. The rapture, the second coming of Jesus. Now, look at verse 37. Here's an interesting quote. It's actually a proverb. And the disciples say, Well, where will this happen, Lord? Where will all this second coming happen? What's it going to look like? The disciples asked. Jesus replied, just as the gathering of vultures shows there's a carcass, 
nearby. So these signs indicate that the end is near. What is he talking about there? This is an imagery of God's judgment. Let me explain it to you. What happens is this. When Jesus comes back in the second coming, remember, the battle of Armageddon is going to be there, and he's going to defeat the armies of the world that are against Christ, and he's going to defeat Satan, the Antichrist, and the false prophet, and so forth. But there's going to be humans that are fighting for Satan. And the Bible tells us, and when we go to Israel, we always go to the Valley of Megiddo. That's the battlefield. And the blood will be as high as the horse's reins. So when you see all of that, how many people will be dead in those fields? When you drive down the street tomorrow morning and you're up early, you're up six o'clock and on your street, you drive down and you see vultures overhead. What do you know is on the street in front of you? Some dead. They've come to what? Have buffet. They've come. What does Jesus say? They say, when is this going to happen? What's going to happen at the end of time? And all those people will be dead. They, they're physically dead, but they're spiritually dead, which is way worse. And the vultures will be there. It's a picture of the judgment of God. So understand what Jesus is trying to say there. And I want you to write this down. He says, well, Pastor Mark, that's cool stuff that Jesus is teaching, but doesn't really have anything to do with me. Uh, no, it has a lot to do with you. In fact, it has a lot to do with everybody. Here's the truth. There will be a separation of those who are saved from those who are at loss at your death or the rapture or the second coming. In finality, the lost go to hell, the saved go to heaven. What kind of a God is that that sends people to hell? No, he didn't send anybody to hell. He gave you a choice. And he sends a teacher to tell you. And he sent Noah to tell. And he sent Jesus and the disciples and all the wonderful churches we have in our community where the gospel is preached. Then Jesus gave us warnings while he was here. Look what he says. And Jesus said to them, I go away and you will seek me and you will die in your sin. Notice it's one sin. Where I am going, where is Jesus going? Heaven, you cannot come. Not may not, you cannot Come, what is the one sin that will keep me out of heaven? Rejecting Jesus Christ as your Savior. Because he's the only way to God. If you reject him and don't receive him, you have no choice of going to heaven. And Jesus said it another way. I told you that you would die in your sins. Die means separation, physically and spiritually. If you do not believe that I am the one I claim to be, the Messiah, the King, you will indeed die separated in your sins. Separated from your body when you die, your spirit's alive, your spirit goes to hell. We learn from Pastor Mark that what we choose to value has eternal consequences. We also were taught that the kingdoms of Satan and Christ are eventually going to have a final reckoning. We need to decide today whose side we're on and then get to living life. The correct choice, of course, is to choose to follow Jesus so as to live with Him forever. Maybe you're listening right now and God has placed a certain person on your heart that needs to hear this message. Or maybe you'd like to share it with all of your friends. 
there's a simple way to share this message. Log on to Lessons for Living Radio and click on the radio program option in the main menu. There, you'll find the Lessons for Living media player. In the Messages tab, simply click on today's date. Then you can share today's message directly on your Facebook page, Twitter feed, or send a link via email. You can even embed today's message directly. Again, to share today's message with friends and family members, log on to LessonsForLivingRadio.com. Click on the radio program button, then simply click on today's date. You'll find all the options to share. In the next message, Pastor Mark will be teaching about discipleship. Following Christ has certain requirements and expectations, and we will hear Jesus tell his followers what they will have to learn to do to be a faithful disciple. Pastor Mark will be teaching us about the supremacy of love and our need to learn how to forgive according to Jesus' standards. We've run out of time today, but we do encourage you to tune in next time as Pastor Mark will continue teaching through this series, Everyday Life of Jesus. That's next time on Lessons for Living. In a hurting world, a new hope he is given.